Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Jacob Barker. And football's right around the corner. And get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Jacob, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm great, Justin. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. Thanks for hopping on the show. Uh, apologies to our, our listeners that were releasing the episode uh, a day late. Uh, due to some issues I was up north on a backpacking trick so wasn't able to to record the episode and Noah is working so he also couldn't be here uh, but thanks for hopping on uh, did you have a good Labor Day weekend? Oh it's good I mean nothing really going on right like it's just a little bit of a casual weekend for everyone just uh, hanging out with friends finishing up with work getting ready for the school year but yeah how's your how's your trip up north? Oh, it's fantastic. A uh, lot of rain, a lot of rain for sure. Uh, but still good, still good. Went to see a waterfall. Um, was not that exciting. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was good. You know, always good to get out there. Uh, so yeah, but glad to be back now and uh, doing the show. Another week where, uh, you know, nothing really happened in the NHL unless I missed something while I was gone, uh, which is possible. But kind of the main thing uh, was that uh, the Montreal Canadiens opting to not match the Asperi Kotkaniemi offer sheet. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that whole scenario was just a little bit weird. It just felt like it was out of spite for the most part, which was uh, an interesting they did, move. They did, I mean, they did say, Don Waddell did say it wasn't out of spite, that they really liked the player. But, I'm sure they do. 
And like there is still a lot of runway for Jesperi. Like I think I don't think it hurts them that Montreal didn't uh, match the offer. I think it's still fine. I think the qualifying offer of seven is a little high like next year and, and on a win year one year. But like again, you can sign them to term. You hope for the best in that in that case. Like maybe trying to lure them in uh, to a little bit less money with that. But I think uh, like overall, it's an interesting move. I, I'm curious to see what Jesperi will end up doing in Carolina. Different system, different fit. Um, for Montreal, I feel like they they like they're backed into a corner with that. I don't love that they just like like this guy was the third overall pick in 2018. They reached for him, and now he's gone out of their system three years later with minimal impact, like minimal to say for it in Montreal. I just feel like it, it was a missed opportunity by Montreal. I don't uh, like I, I feel like they only really have themselves to blame with it, and like. I get not wanting to pay it. I understand that. And Montreal is kind of always in this state where like they want to win now. And if they don't, or at least they want to be competitive now, uh, they don't really love like the full rebuild thing uh, down there. So like, it's, I, I understand it, but at the same time, like that's just like, what a waste now. It's like, what like, what was the point of that? Like they get the third overall pick, which is the highest pick they've had since Alex Galchenyuk in 2012. And it, had, it it's just nothing. And it's, it's, it's upsetting to see, but that's on them. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's, yeah, it, it's a tough one for sure. Like it's a bold move from Carolina in the first place to go with the offer sheet, but um, you know, based on, you know, everything around the Ajo offer sheet a couple of years ago, you knew they were going to probably try to do something at some point uh, to kind of get even um, big money. They threw it. Yes. Barry caught Kanyemi. Uh, I'm sure they do like the player, but you have to imagine that spite was a factor and that's probably coming from the owner. Uh and for Montreal, like, I think this is just, it's brutal for them. And like you said, like, they're the ones to blame, uh, really, because, yeah, they go and they they reach on this player at third overall. Um, they draft, you know, for, for position, they needed a center. So they, they reach and took, you know, who they thought was the best center available. Um, and you've, you've, you know, yeah, you didn't really do much in Montreal. And you've lost him for, you know, obviously the, the compensation, you know, is one thing. But you invest the high pick in Jesperi Kotkaniemi. And I think the thing that really frustrated me for, for Montreal is that I was listening to some of Bergevin's press conference, uh, I think today, talking about it. And it seemed like they were kind of shifting the blame on like Kotkaniemi himself for not turning into, you know, a top line center in, in Montreal and not really maybe owning up to the part where, you know, they're, they're responsible for his development. Uh, I think a lot of people would say they maybe didn't do uh, the best job with that and historically haven't done a great job uh, developing some of the higher picks that they, they've had. And so that, to me, uh, I didn't really like that for Montreal. I think, you know, they share some of the blame and, you know, caught Kenyami's kind of stagnant progression or lack thereof. Um, and then you go and you replace him with Christian Dvorak, which like, you know, you get from Arizona, you give up – uh, the first and the second, the first is going to be whichever the first is lower. Uh, but essentially you gave up more than you got back for Kotkaniemi to get Christian Dvorak. I know a lot of people like Christian Dvorak. I think he's fine. Um, I don't think he's worth a first and a second, but that was just the position they're boxed into. Um, so to me, and then also, there's also just the fact now that both, both those teams are over the salary cap, I believe. Uh, unless Jake Gardner hitting the LTIR puts Carolina under, I'm not too sure. Uh, but a bold, like really like a, like Carolina just kind of threw like a no win situation out there in which like both teams were kind of destined to lose. 
Yeah, I really I get it. Yeah, like I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, there's yeah, there's no cap space for Carolina. Uh, Montreal is now looking at. Let me confirm that. Yeah, yeah. No, no cap space for either team. Montreal's well over the cap right now, but I mean that's before any LTIR moves or anything or anything like that. I mind you, I guess there aren't really there's really much uh, in terms of LTIR they could do. Um, like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see like Shea Weber's already on the IR. I guess you, I, if you move Shea over to the LTIR, does that do anything? Well, probably it's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot. That's or it's seven eight. That'll that'll put them under. So I guess like the house will be fine, but. Like again, yeah, it just doesn't. It's, it, it just seemed like a mad move at the end of the day. Like as much as it's exciting, I don't really think either franchise really came out as like outright winners in that. I feel like it's like it kind of. It's like now that the dust has settled, it's like okay, like that was kind of stupid, but whatever. Yeah, like for like I, I like the fact that you know we finally saw an offer sheet that actually worked. Like I think the last time that happened, I was like seven with like Dustin Penner uh, going to the Oilers. So yeah, th- that, that part of it is kind of fun. Uh, yeah. I don't really see how it really helps either team. Um, how do you think Kakanyemi is going to fit in, in Carolina? Uh, I think it will be fine. I mean, his, his style kind of fits what they like to do. If he slots in as the three C two C kind of deal, if you can play some pace, go have some, some good supportive wingers who play fast, can move the puck up the ice, be reliable defensively. Again, I don't, I don't think Kawhi, Kakanyemi is going to wow anyone in Carolina. I think he's going to put up good numbers. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to see him get a consistent role with the player with the Hurricanes. I'd like to see him play good minutes, get some opportunities to kill penalties, get on the power play, do have, have an opportunity to have an impact offensively. But I mean, it's tough, right? You have guys like Svechnikov, Aho, Teravine, and guys in front of you that are very, very talented, well, with a very stacked prospect pool coming up behind as well as some highly talented offensive players. So. I think one year is a good opportunity for him to kind of prove himself, good, make some good money, obviously, and uh, have an opportunity to just kind of find his way a bit, see if he can prove that he's worth more. And if he's not, then maybe the, maybe he doesn't sign that qualifying offer. Maybe he gets something a little bit longer, but with less turn or with less uh, AAV to it. But we'll see what ends up happening. I think he fits overall what the Canes are liking to do uh, with their with their offense and with just like their overall forward core, but. Again, we'll see what ends up happening. I just, I'm not keen on it, but it's for the Hurricanes. It's a one-year contract. Like if he sucks, he's not back next year. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's like I think I think he fits in really well in Carolina, and I know like you know it's a, it's a close rival with the Panthers, different division though this year. But I think he fits in well, and that you know with the roster that Carolina has, they're going to be able to shelter him maybe a little bit better than Montreal. Like when he was in the lineup in Montreal. Um, you know, I think the expectation was for him to slot in, but they don't have, they didn't have enough centers to really like give him some sheltered minutes uh, just because they, they lack that center depth. He was supposed to be the depth uh, and Carolina is like a place where a lot of players go and, you know, how like they, they seem to be able to get the most out of a lot of players in Carolina. And I would attribute a lot of that probably to, to Rod Brindamore and the coaching staff. Um, but a lot of players play well uh, for, for that team uh, he's gonna have a lot of finished teammates. That might help him a bit, uh, a little bit more comfortable. Um, so that could play be a factor. And then in terms of like Christian Dvorak in Montreal, um, yeah, he's a nice player. You'll you'll fit in fine. Um, but like on paper, like Montreal, I think is a significantly worse team than the one we saw in the Stanley Cup final. And I don't even think that was that good of a team either. 
No, like I, I know, like shout out to our housemate Felix here for this. I because he's got some good, uh, good insight into how this works. He's a big Montreal Canadiens fan. I feel like he, he, when we were talking about this, he kind of clarifies like the the thing with the Habs is like they are always kind of just in a state like their mentality is they just always want to be competitive. Like they never want to go through this full rebuild. They'll trade big. They'll trade older pieces out. They'll try to bring younger faces in. But at the end of the day, they've never try to be like in this full rebuild where they go and acquire a ton of younger assets, like except that they're not going to be a great team. Like they're always trying to be competitive. Um, and the problem is that as much as like that helps in the Canadian in the Montreal market, because like a, a very bad team in Montreal does not bode well with uh, their fan base. Like they always want to be pushing for a playoff spot, pushing uh, no matter what, every single year, they're going to try to be competitive. Uh, the problem is that, that like as much as they tend to avoid the basement by doing that, they also don't really get anywhere with the exception of this great run that they had this past playoff, which again could have been stopped for a number of reasons. If the Leafs are not choke artists, it's not even yeah. like the question. Then Bergeron's probably been fired and it's going like in a whole different way. So like, if it's not for this miracle run, like what have the Habs done in the last 10, 15 years? It's been like of any sort of good. Like they, they end up like, getting a mid-range lottery pick if they don't make it and then they have to get lucky and the lot like they've got they've managed to find guys like Caulfield and Suzuki and that's great but at the end of the day they've also gotten their fair share of Caden Ghoulies and it's like so it's like (laughs) disrespect towards but that's what they get they like they're always like a lower level playoff team or I'm just out of the playoffs get a low lottery pick Sometimes they get lucky when the lottery draft yes, Barry Cockney gets offersheeted. He's gone three years later. But like that's pretty that's pretty much it. It's like like until they either get really lucky, like guys like the reality is like Caulfield was an absolute steal at the spot that they got him. And when like when you look at that, it's like that's fantastic. And he's gonna be one of your like their best players in the future, but like if he goes in the range that we thought he was going to go, which was higher than that, like they don't even get this guy. And like, yeah. that's just the, the brand they get. They just get these mid picks and then they have to get lucky. And if they don't, then they, this happens and they don't, they don't get the players they want. So I feel like that the market kind of hurts them in that case. And they need to just kind of accept the fact that there are times when they're going to have to go through a rebuild, get these pieces, like get assets for it. And like, they got to commit to it because like, it's not working the way that they're doing it. Like with the exception of this run, it's a great run. Congrats. It's awesome. And it brought a lot of pride to the city and I'm sure the fans were incredibly happy with that. That's fantastic. And then they dropped but, the Logan Mayu. Yeah. And then you ruin it. <laughs> Two weeks later, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, it's great. Like I, like I'm the like Habs fans. Fantastic. They were, they were over the moon about that run and I hope they enjoyed it uh, because like it, it can't happen with this. Run. It's not going to happen again. It's it can't. There's not enough in the prospects. No, like like so much had to go right for that team to make it to the final last year. Yeah, and now they're worse. So like they're not. I don't. I don't see them going like really anywhere. It kind of reminds you like when you bring up like this like level of like consistent mediocrity. Like it kind of similar to me to like Minnesota for a while where they're just like they're in the mix. You know, if they're not in the playoffs, they're like just outside. They're always kind of in the middle there, never really contending, always somewhat competitive, kind of boring. Like, I don't ever really want to watch them unless they're playing the Panthers, per se. Like, that's the reality. Um, like, do you even see Montreal as a playoff team this year? No. 
Yeah, no, not in the Atlantic. Like, not in the Atlantic, right? Like, I, like I don't see it, right? Because they're not better than the Lightning. They're not better than the Panthers. They're even though they beat them in the first round, they're not better than the Leafs, and not better than the Bruins. Yeah, not better than the Bruins. And like low key, and you know this, like Ottawa was very good the second half of last season, and you know if their guys continue to take steps, that also is another team that could be right in there with Montreal. And then the rest of the division, Buffalo and Detroit, right? Yeah, like, do we even yeah. need to talk about them? Like, no, they'll be better than that, but yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to... And then, like, I would, I would assume the wild card is out of reach for them because there's some other nasty teams in the Metro as well that are going to be fighting for those wild card spots. So, like, they're out of, they're most likely out of the playoff races here. And that's the problem when they are constantly sacrificing their long-term success for the short-term. And it happens over and over and over again. And then they... And again, like the short-term success is not like because they don't have like the big assets, they're not able to acquire huge short-term success. It's just like little spurts of like little little players being added, little things like that um, that come, and, and it just doesn't doesn't quite work out for them. But again, I I want them like my dad's a big house fan, so obviously I talk about him with this. And it's Ooh. like I want I want to see these guys kind of go in the right direction, but it's like they then they go and draft Logan Mayu, and it's like, well, do I really want to? <laughs> on a roof no, for these no, guys go in the right direction anyways like not really so uh yeah i mean good i'm tough that their number their first rounder is not even gonna be playing hockey until at least january so we'll see what ends up happening with that but whatever this is yeah we've just ripped up yeah. the halves for the first like bit of this florida panthers hockey ball. well that's what we did to do because see like noah's from montreal right or not montreal but like quebec city right yeah. so he grew up like in that like habs culture so like i can't rip on the habs too hard when he's on the show so it's nice to have you on and we can go in on him a little bit instead of just like shredding the buffalo savers for, like the 15th straight episode hey and whenever noah comes back if he wants to bash the sense for me then go for it we have enough talking points on that apparently brady kachuk is uh, still not advancing on his contract talk so that's fantastic yeah and like what's happening with logan brown like yeah so much going on there in ottawa oh yeah um but yeah, I'm like, at them. That's fine. Yeah, I'll really but like, them. yeah, like I look at, but like I look at Montreal right now. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't see, a, I don't see a playoff team. It's good news for, I think, you know, for the Panthers and for Panthers fans um, that they've had, you know, a relatively poor off season losing two of their, you know, better centers in Kakaniemi and Deneau. And you've brought in Christian Dvorak, like, yeah, like Suzuki and Caulfield, they'll do their thing. No Shea Weber probably hurts them a little bit. Um, Carey Price might need a bit more rest next year after the long run. So I think there are going to be some challenges for Montreal. Um, but we'll move on from them because, yeah, this isn't, this isn't a Habs podcast, obviously. We'll bring it in talk about some Panthers players. Uh, first up, though, uh, Jumbo Joe, the big offseason signing, probably the biggest one around the league, really, if you really think about it. In terms of just this is 2007, yeah, absolutely. And even it's, it's 2021, and if you talk about vibes, like it's Joe Thornton, right? And but the question is, obviously, we know Joe Thornton, one of the greatest playmakers of all time, uh, never won a cup, uh, unbelievable player, but he is just maybe slightly past his prime uh, now in his 40s. Uh, what do you expect him to bring to the Panthers this season? I mean, in the nicest way possible, I expect I expect him in the press box for every important game. But that's not that's not the important <laughs> thing. No, I I think like for for teams like the Panthers, like on a realistic note, I like teams like the Panthers. I think guys like Jumbo work well with them because 
as much as, like I said, he's probably not going to be playing in those big games. He's able to work himself into a rotation. He doesn't need big minutes at this point. He won't want big minutes in Florida. He's probably going to be a health bomb for a decent amount of regular season games, but he's able to be a, 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 a replacement player uh, on this team. He fills in roles when he needs to. He'll play if injuries come, he can play, he can contribute on the power play. He can do what he needs to do in a limited role with the Panthers, along with bringing, as you said, incredible vibes to the locker room. And I really do think that's under like undervalued by people, just like an actual energy that's brought to the locker room because he brings energy, but he also brings a very good veteran presence as well. And then older presence to like an overall younger team in, in Florida, like not a young, young team, but uh, like they're the best players are still, Young, still getting into the group. Well, and, it's, and it's not a lot of like experience being competitive. Is I exactly think the thing, yeah. with, the, with most of the group in Florida. Yeah, like Barkov and Huberto are fantastic players that have been in the league for a while. But like again, the competitiveness they've only been in the playoffs for a handful of games. So like having having a guy that's come in and yeah, he hasn't won a cup, but he's played a lot of big games. He's won a, he's won a gold medal. He's won like he he's been there for big games and he's been a, like he's had a big role. So like I think he brings a lot to this Panthers team in a limited fashion. But I think again expectations of what he's going to actually produce on the ice I, I don't think it's going to be a lot but that's not really the point of his signing I think the point is he's going to come in be a veteran leadership guy come and play a role on the ice that he can do uh, and then just do what he can and get, just bring that insight and I think it, it's going to help the organization a lot and I think he'll like you, you just got to hope that the boys can bring a cup home to him this year, right? Like, like he, oh he's my one of the guys like, you'd love to see it. You'd love to see Joe Thornton really, winning a cup in a Panthers jersey. Like, you really want him to win it, too. I think this Panthers team we've talked about, like, I think they are legitimately a great team that can go on the run for, for a cup. And I think, like, he's making a great decision coming to Florida. Like, why yeah, like Joe, Joe knows. Right? Joe knows what's up. He knows what's yeah, happening like, in Florida. Why, why wouldn't you? Great team. You're living in Florida, no state tax. Like, what are you doing? If you're gonna put, if you're gonna make like league men, you might as well go and not have most of it taxed. So like, that's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's not like he had, you know he's made a, a decent amount of money over his career. I'm sure that's not like his big priority. Oh, like, of course, but it's like, well, why not, right? Like, you might as well go live in Florida where it's sunny all the time and having. And it's a good team too. Like, and it's, I think it gives him a better opportunity too than in Tampa. Like Tampa have a lot of guys that like they've had this experience. They've had that as well. I guess like. If, for just going like for the two Florida teams, right? Florida, like the Panthers make way more sense in that case. So I think the vibes are good. The fits right uh, for both organization and for players. So I'm really excited to see him in the Panthers Jersey. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be fantastic. And yeah, I think like, yeah, he's not going to be a guy you see in the lineup every night just because of his age, you know, going to be probably a lot of load management, but yeah, even when he's not, you know, in the lineup, he's in the locker room, uh, you know, he's around the other players. His presence, I think is going to be greatly appreciated with all the insight he brings, the attitude he brings. Uh, he's got, you know, big personality. Uh, so I think there's a lot that he can bring just from like an intangible side of it. And on the ice, I actually do still think that there's like some use to him in that like limited role. Like I think last year, like Toronto maybe overused him a bit. Actually, no, like they, they did by like quite a bit. Well, like, what do you expect? This guy, they're playing him on the first line for a decent amount of every game. Like, like it's not, it's not going to work. He can't play at that pace anymore. No, so it's like, listen, you throw him into like your bottom six for like fifty games a year, and I think you're like, you're, you're happy about that. Like, and he, and I think he can give you some quality there. Like, I know he doesn't have you know the same speed, um, 
But, you know, again, he thinks the game at a high level. I mean, he was never actually that fast in the first place. No, so that's irrelevant. Um, you know, you could just commit to the whole like being slow thing. They play him with like Hornquist, throw Gudis on the back end and just like everyone looks like they're stuck in mud. Fantastic entertainment, I think. Uh, could go a combined like minus 60, but like who cares? No, it's just uh, vibes. It's just vibes. It's what it's all about. I think that that is like, yeah, I think that's what the Florida Panthers are all about at this t- point in time. It's just winning games and just vibes. Uh, and I think he, he adds uh, a lot to that. Uh, so I'm excited to see it, but yeah, I don't see anything like crazy. I don't see any like crazy production out of him, but uh, I think he could, yeah, be, I think the Panthers team is very, very good, but when they get to the playoffs, I think that's when the, the Joe Thornton effect is going to kick in. Uh, last thing though, last thing I want to talk about here. Uh, breakout candidates for next season on the Florida Panthers. Now it's tricky because they're bringing back almost the same roster from last season, you know, a couple additions, obviously Sam Reinhart uh, and pretty much quite a fair bit of players broke out last season. So difficult to include them again, but are there any players you think that could take another step next year in their production? I mean, like slightly going a different direction. Like, I mean, it's the same kind of idea with your question, but not, not quite as a breakout, more just like a return to the scene. Come on, almost like a, <laughs> Uh, almost like I, a, think I know I, where you're going with this. Yeah, I I feel like he just has genuinely been forgotten because he missed like all of last year. It's Aaron Eckblad, and I think people have genuinely just like forgot he exists as one of the top defensemen in this NHL. Like, he's incredible, and I think that having him come back and just establish himself on this very good Florida Panthers team uh, with like quality defense with a quality defensive partner. Who do you think we with him? I think they might go Uyghur with Forsling. Like they could, they could slot in a couple different guys with them. Yeah, uh, there's a few. There's like different the, options. The, yeah, there's a lot of ways you go about it on the back end. Yeah, but like any, like when you look like, at him, like I think he's going to like reestablish himself as an elite defenseman in the NHL. I think that, uh, especially with the Olympics this year, like he's he wants to be on that team. Uh, I think he should be on would. that team, and he should be on that team. But I, like everyone, you, like you see all the mocks coming out, it's like Ekblad's not nowhere to be seen with any of these. And it's like, well, we do realize that this guy is an incredible hockey player, and he's still he's a beast. Uh, he's an absolute beast out there. Yeah, and he's unbelievable. So I think he's going to establish himself as the number one defenseman on Florida. I think Uyghur's incredible as well. So I think Uyghur's gonna that's a pretty nasty like one-two uh, punch for the back end. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my kind of like resurgence uh, into that. And then I feel like a breakout season, like if I'm going to be like pretty basic with this, like obviously I'll say Spencer Knight. Like I think Spencer Knight is going to like, I, I, like if Bob fumbles at all, like I, I think Spenny, he might, he might, he also might just like under a little bit of pressure, does Bob step back up and the three time. I, I think there was pressure when Drieker was there. Is he a three time Vesna winner this time next year? We'll see. But anyways, <laughs> uh, the, uh, no, I think, I think Spenny Knight's a fair candidate. Like uh, with that, it's, it's a very basic one after saying Eckblad, but still like, I think um, at any point, like Bob fumbles it, like Spenny could just have an unbelievable season. So like, that would, I, I think he's a great goalie. I think he'll end up – yeah, just, just ignore everything I said about him for the World Juniors because I'm a biased Canadian fan and I wanted us to win. But, uh, yeah, Spenny Knight's a great goalie, and I think he'll do really well. So, uh, it just – that kind of is contingent on, like, how Bobrovsky plays too. But, like, if they're going to just, like, 
1A, 1B it the whole year and like Spenny's the backup kind of thing. Like if Bob if Bob's playing well, then like he'll be he'll probably be good. I think Spen I think Knight's gonna be good no matter what. But like if he if Bob really fumbles it and Knight starts most of the games, then then we could be looking at a breakout season where he ends up really doing well and making some waves in the NHL. Yeah, I agree. I think and I think like yeah, I think I agree with like the Ackblad stuff too. Uh, him coming back, like, because again, yeah, he was unbelievable last year before he went down with that injury. Uh, everything sounds like he's going to be 100% for next season, uh, which is fantastic news. And just like overall, like looking on paper, like look at the Panthers defense right now compared to like what they had uh, against Tampa Bay in the first round. Like the subtractions of Strawman and Yandel are basically additions. Uh, and then a healthy Aaron Ekblad coming in. Uh, you bring back some of the other guys, uh, a guy I think who could be a real breakout candidate. I know some people don't like him. I'm a big fan still. Uh, Brandon Montour, I really like what he brings to this team uh, in terms of his mobility and willingness to jump up into the play, uh, basically like a fourth forward most of the time. Uh, so I love that aggressiveness from him. He might need to rein it in a little bit, clean up some defensive mistakes. Um, but I think I'd rather have a guy you need to rein in than a guy you try to light a fire under. And that's Brandon Montour. So I think a full season of him in Florida, like, again, more comfortable, more time around the guys, you know, probably a more consistent partner he's playing with. Uh, I think he could be a really – he could have a really, really good season next year uh, for the Florida Panthers. You know, if he finishes with, like, 40 points, like, I think that's, like that, – that's a great year for him if he's in that ballpark. And I think that's reasonable based on, you know, what I've seen so far. Uh, could be wrong. He could suck. Right. But like, I, I think, I think, I think he'll have a good year uh, for, for the Panthers. And then up front, uh, a guy you're, you're familiar with uh, Anthony Duclair. Yeah. Obviously had to, had to throw him out there. He did have a like very, very good season last year. Like would have been a career season for him in an 82 game schedule. Um, but still there were a lot of times throughout the year. I think like he was playing well points weren't there. Like he's always been kind of that streaky player if he could become a little bit more consistent. Um, yeah. I could see him as like a 60 point guy next year for sure. And an absolute steal of a deal. Yeah. Guys finally got some term on his deal, right? Like he, the, the weight's kind of off his shoulders. He's been playing on how many one years in a row, like short little terms. Like, like he's bounced he, around a lot. Yeah. For, which of, is odd for a guy who seems by all accounts to be like a pretty good person. Yeah. They like, go oh, overall. He seems good. I know there are issues in, like it all started in Arizona. No, sorry, started in Columbus. That's my fault. Sorry, started in Columbus uh, with all of the tort stuff. Then he came to Ottawa and he seemed to do really well in Ottawa. And then, like, he, like, he was an all star in Ottawa. He, he went to the well, yeah, because yeah, they have to send someone from every team. Well, he was scoring at a ridiculous pace. He had like 20 goals in the first half of the season. Like, he was on pace for like 40 something. That year had a really tough second half of the season. And then, uh, decided to represent himself in Ottawa and asked for a five by five, and that did not fly for uh, Melnick. So he ended up down. Was he in Arizona right away, or was it? Did he come right to Florida. It was right. Florida. To Florida. He started. Yeah, he like he was in New York, traded to Arizona for Yandel, I think. Bounced around. Right. He's been around. Right. It was Arizona, then Columbus, then Ottawa, then Florida. That was it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, then he signed in Florida for not a lot. So uh, I, it was a. Like it started off with, yeah, he's been all over the place, even just with emotions, like going from a five by five to accepting like a small one year contract and then another one year. And then finally he's 
managed to get some terms. So it's fantastic for him. I'm super happy to see him uh, get that. And yeah, I mean, with, with the weight off your shoulders, like, you know, it's right scenario, right time. Guy starts popping off. Like, I wouldn't be surprised about it. He, is, he has a skill, clearly. Then you play him inside the top six with, like, other very talented players, and we're, we're rocking. Yeah, like, he was he was close to, like, a 60-point pace last year, like, just a little bit below. Um, and I still think, like, he – I like, yeah, he had a phenomenal year, and I still think he was unlucky in a lot of situations for, you know, not having the puck go in, getting robbed. Like, I think – yeah, if the puck goes in a little bit more for him, if guys can finish off some of his plays, like I absolutely think this can be a 60-point guy for the Panthers. Uh, so I think, yeah, he could be a real breakout candidate uh, and establish himself as a legitimate you know, top six guy on a very reasonable deal for the Florida Panthers here now that he's been, you know, re-signed this offseason. Uh, and, he's, you know, he's been big in the Florida community so far, which is fantastic to see, like, those are the types of guys you want, you know, in your organization, you want sticking around. Um, so just a lot to like with him. So I'm like a little bit biased because I am just like rooting for him as a person. And, but I do think he's just a phenomenal player as well who, you know, should have a, you know, I think decent year. Also, I'm just looking at his numbers right now. Plus 27 last year. My goodness. Not that plus minus is like a useful stat, but like still, you know, at a certain point, like you must be doing something right if you're plus 27. Um, is there anyone else for you? Any like forwards or anything you think could break out? I don't think it's much of a breakout because he was obviously very good at Buffalo, but I think Sam Reinhardt will have a great year. It's more just like a, it's yeah, it's not really a breakout candidate because like everyone knows he was good, but I think under Florida, I think he can really thrive. Uh, so I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing him. And then yeah, that's pretty much it maybe a rookie comes on like oh and Tippett takes a big step that'd be nice to see he's got yeah. a year coming up this year if he can take a step maybe it gets the top six minutes coming in like injuries happen things happen in this uh or he can just win the spot right away so like i wouldn't i wouldn't mind seeing Owen Tippett have a good year like that. yeah like i think i think he had a really good second half of last season like he really started to come on looked much more like engaged uh puck started going in a bit more like so he was like trending really well so i wouldn't be surprised if he could continue that uh you know building into next season for sure only question would probably be opportunity with the addition of sam reinhardt it gets a little bit crowded there in the top six which is not a bad problem to have by any means and as you know depth like anything happens like guy slides up in the lineup gets an opportunity they'll take it so you don't know what happens and then not like breakouts per se, but there's a couple of guys where like they were really good last year, but like the sample size was kind of small. So I'm just like looking for them to like, at the very least, like maintain that. Like I'm thinking like a full season, of like Sam Bennett, um, you know, can he be you know, the same player he was for that short time so far in a Panthers uniform? I hope so. And I think so. Um, I'd say kind of similar with Gustav Forsling. Like last year, he just kind of came out of nowhere. Um and is that the Gustav Forsling we're going to see for the foreseeable future? Like, I, I hope so. Like, that would be awesome. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say that he will just based on how small the sample size is and how out of nowhere he came. Like, guy was on waivers. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple of guys. And then I think, and, you know, I always back, you know, my guy like Grigory Denisenko for, for a breakout candidate. Like, it's It's coming. Hopefully, probably, maybe, maybe not. But uh, yeah, so I, I'd love to see him break out, but it is tricky because everyone was like pretty, pretty, pretty good last year. So hard to really call any like major breakouts. 
and like I mean Bob Bob could return to like that could almost be like a breakout returning to his Vesna level play can he do it in his 30s after several poor seasons yes okay I was gonna say no but all right uh we will see we will see uh lots of exciting stuff going on uh hopefully uh in the near future too we have some more actual like panthers news to talk about like i'm still waiting on that barkov signing perhaps as a dano chara signing so we can give away as a dano chara jersey um but we can't do that until he signs obviously um we also you know fun for our listeners we also have some more panthers jerseys coming in that we got uh so maybe we'll give one of those away we'll see um but yeah, lots of stuff on the table. Uh, we're working on going into you know our third season coming up in the fall. No clue when that starts. I don't even know if yeah what what's going on. We just record these every week. Uh, but yeah, I think that does it for for this episode. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, brand new episode. Maybe Noah will be there. Maybe not. We'll find out. What are we going to talk about? Who knows? Uh, it's a mystery to everyone, including us. But yeah, thank you to everyone tuning in, listening. Uh, We'll be back Thursday. Appreciate the support as always, and we'll see you then. Back on top.